Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome to the best of the building years. I'm Jeremiah Watkins. I'm Justin Alexio. And we're going to play some clips for you from some of our favorite episodes from uh, 2014. Obviously, we couldn't fit in all of our favorite moments uh, into a half hour podcast, but these are. We did our uh, best, We did our best, and uh, these are some of our most memorable moments. So I hope you enjoy it. Here you go. Episode 92, Brian Guest. I lost two of my dogs. Oh, I didn't oh, know really? that. Yeah, I lost two really? of my dogs. I I was living in Toluca Lake, California. Okay. 1335 <laughs> Sarah Street. Toluca. Um, that's not the exact address, but close. Um, so I I had a gardener went over to the house to, to do some gardening or whatever and left the gate open. And so I was walking the Golden Retriever. And the two lab pits got out, one of which got taken to a shelter, and one of which we couldn't find for two days. Oh, my God. So we found the one at the shelter in this crazy story. We Um, have time to tell it. Do we have time to tell it? So I go to the shelter. I find out that that one of my dogs is at the shelter. And, you know, and I'm cry face. Got my best cry face on because I'm missing my dogs. (laughs) Right, right, right. And... And so I go up to the desk. I'm like, hey, I think my dog Roxy's here. And they're like, no, your dog Roxy hasn't been checked in. So I, I checked the whole place out. And um, and so I'm standing there. I'm like, you know, I'm giving the description just in case someone brings the dog there. And then amidst, like, literally, I don't know if you've been to a shelter in L.A., but there's hundreds of dogs, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's probably, like, dozens of them barking at this point. And amidst all these dozens of dogs barking, I hear Roxy's bark. I'm like, no, that's my dog. My dog's here somewhere. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's not here. And I'm like, is there another place, like, not in the cage? Is there a you place could like hear you hear the bark? I could, I could hear my dog's distinctive bark. And so she's like, oh, there's one other area that he she could be. So she brings me into the back towards the vet area because they do, like, this intake thing when the dogs get checked in that they all yeah, have to see yeah, the vet. Yeah. So she was waiting to get, like, input into the system. Oh my god! So Roxy was back there with like you know dozens of other dogs. So we got her back the first day. Duke, my other lab pit, is still missing. So he ran onto the freeway. We found out because a cop had been in the area, and I pulled him. I pulled this cop over. <laughs> I waved him down. I was like, "Hey, has there been any sightings of of a dog loose?" And he's like, "Well, there was a sighting, several sightings of a dog running up the 134 freeway." going the opposite direction in the westbound flow of traffic. So I went and looked for this dog like for 48 hours, and I had tons of friends helping. I put up thousands of flyers, literally papered like this whole area Mm -hmm. in the matter of a day. So, um, So that next morning I had like this little search party help, and everyone was kind of like leaving and like they'd, you know, done the search and stuff like that. Still nothing. And my friend Marissa and my friend Joe were there. This is a p- part of the story that gets crazy, right? So, so they come over to the house and like something crazy just happened. I'm like, okay, what happened? So they, Marissa has a friend who's a psychic. So she said that she told the psychic, she told the psychic to meditate and see if they can find Duke. 
the psychic's mm-hmm. response was like, you need to go into a Catholic church. It needs to be a Catholic church. And Marissa was like, well, it's really weird. I'm standing right in front of a Catholic church. <laughs> so Marissa and Joe go into this Catholic church, and they're just like, okay, we're going to go into this Catholic church and meditate and see if we can find Duke. As they're leaving this Catholic church, a woman comes up to them and is like, hey, how's your day? How are you doing? Just out of blue. And she's like, they're like, you know, we're here meditating on on our friend lost his dog. We're, we're you know, our, our friend's a psychic and told us to come here mm-hmm. and meditate about finding him. And she's like, I'm a psychic. Let me, medit- <laughs> let me meditate on it for oh a second. Oh <laughs> So she meditates on it for a second. And she says, the dog went up the freeway. It's stuck on the freeway somewhere. And Brian and my girlfriend, Jen, need to go walk the freeway and just be still. Don't, like, don't be frantic and, like, just yelling his name out. You have to be, you have to go to, like, certain areas and just wait for him to, like, come out. And so Marissa's telling us this story. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, like, I don't have anything to lose, right? right I mean, yeah, I've already yeah. done everything yeah, I can you do. you fired. You did all the, the, nor- the normal, like, protocol as far as that So goes. me and my girlfriend, Jen, walked this freeway again because I had already done this several times, mm-hmm. right? We go. We take some treats. We take his leash because Jen's like, let's go find our our fucking dog. I can say fuck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's go find our fucking dog. Go crazy. So, thank you. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, let's go find our fucking dog. Yeah. So, we go walk the freeway. Getting amped up to, like, play a football and game. And literally, like, the f- part of the freeway is, like, it's like a jungle. Like, there's, like, transients back there, and it's, like, wooded. We're, like, yeah. cutting through some brush. And we're walking, like, over a mile in this, like, thick brush along the freeway. And so, we get to this clearing, and they had done some new construction at this part. Mm-hmm. And they had planted these trees along the freeway, and they had dug like like a deep ditch for each tree and cemented around it. So it's like there's little like five foot deep squares of like mm-hmm. planted trees. And I had been to this area I can't tell you how many times. And I'm I'm there I'm like Duke yelling his name out, and the little fucker like pops his head up out of this planter and like. I freak out. I'm oh like, my! I'm like, holy shit, it's Duke! <laughs> like, freak out. Wow. I had to hop like I had to hop like two ten foot fences to like get to him because it was like all sectioned. This yeah. part was like sectioned off, and I jump in this hole with him. He's screaming and like licking my face, and I I hoist him on my shoulder. I climb out of this like hole in the ground, <laughs> and then I carry him over these two fences. You carried him over I a ten carried, foot fence. Yeah, like a, I, 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 I carried him over a fence. I put him on my shoulder and I climbed up this fence, really? climbed up down the other side. Holy crap! Two of them. Was your <laughs> girlfriend 60, watching this? A, he, she's on the other side of the fence oh, watching, like, dude, like I applauding, bet. like you know, I bet. Hercules, Hercules. Um, oh. Yeah. So anyway, when you asked me that, I was like, I didn't know if you knew the story or not because no. it's such like a traumatic event, a traumatic event, and like the most amazing event in my so life. So do you now believe in psychics? I mean, like, she was right. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 how are you going to slice it? Like, she was right. She said, go to this specific place. <laughs> but not only that, but two of them were right. Yeah. Two of them, like, <laughs> made it happen. So, uh, I mean, like, take it for face value. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, right? Dude, wow. I bet your girlfriend was so turned on. <laughs> so, she was so wet, dude. She was so... Dude. I bet she was like, Brian, once you get this dog situated, I'm uh, taking you taking you right down. now. I'm taking you down. Episode 106, Blake Hogue. Every commercial I've done, except for one, 
has never aired because I get booked on like the super weird commercials. Like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be super weird and people are going to love it. And then it's always way too weird. It's like <laughs> me acting like a super ghetto white guy from McDonald's. It's really expensive. Uh, is, that, go- is that an actual one? It's a real commercial. I think it's <laughs> it's still on my reel. It's all – it was like a girl eating a like a breakfast chicken sandwich. Oh, boy. And I she's eating it in the library. And I'm like, was it a black girl? For, no, she was uh, – I think she was a uh, – she might have been an Asian girl. Okay. I don't remember. Uh, I was like, chicken for breakfast, girl? I knew there was something <laughs> freaky about you. But, and that's – they liked what I did in the room. That's what I did in the room, and that's what got me the part. But, yeah. They're it's, like, we can't use this. No, it's super racist. Uh, Episode 112, Ryan O'Flanagan. And then I'm going to, like, go home the next day. Then I get a call at midnight. I was, like, in bed, and they were like – Hey, we're gonna have you stay another couple of days to meet Lauren. Oh wow! And so, so now I'm down to the final like eight people that were gonna yeah. get cast, and I think like five of which got ended up getting cast. Mm-hmm. So I had to, like meet Lauren, and that was terrifying. Uh, did he? So he, did he sit down with you in the room and, and yeah, talk went, to you and everything? Yeah, went into his actual office. Oh, so that down. that's oh. when the nerves kicked yeah, in. I'm sure. Just behind his desk, and he's. And it started off, I went, hey, I'm Ryan. He goes, I know. Oh, <laughs> You're like, oh, like, fuck. Nah, shit, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> like, stupid name. <laughs> of course he knows, you idiot. He's seen just, the tapes of the sub audition. <laughs> <laughs> of course he knows. Like, what am I, stupid? Should have walked in and go, yeah, you know who I am. <laughs> I know you know who I am. And, uh, man, I just really, you're supposed to be so fucking cool and funny and i was just so <laughs> nervous and i just kept being like ah, this is so cool thank you this is so cool this is very cool <laughs> i said the word cool so many times and i walked out of there like i'm fuck <laughs> i like could not stop saying the word cool and like he has like a i just kept like looking around the room being like ah this is very cool lauren <laughs> they have like a bulletin board of uh, like hosts that they're considering it was like Lady Gaga, Eminem, who that's sure. just and then like just like posted this like that's just like such a simple like calendars with names posted on and I was like that is that is so cool are those the names <laughs> are those the names that would host it how is he responding to when he was like I he, was tell. he just kind of taking he you was in? like this guy's re- he think he thought I was like retarded <laughs> he definitely was not impressed with me as a person episode one twenty Benji Afalo I think I'll go with this one um, I'm working the because I was a bitch. I was working the door at the time. Mm-hmm. At the comedy store. At the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And Pauly Shore's on stage and he owns the comedy club, or his mom does, or his family does. Yeah. And uh, and Eddie Murphy was in the audience watching him for a moment. And then went, it was a Tuesday night where there's a big black show right. in the main room where it's predominantly black audience members and black performers. Mm-hmm. So then Eddie goes back to the black show. I mean, that's what it is. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. It's okay. We're not judging. I, I'm not as racist as the show. <laughs> so it's like, whatever. Right. It um, is called, like, it was called Trippin' on Tuesdays yeah, or something. Yeah, on Tuesdays. So, I mean, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's an urban show. It's racist. Yeah. It's inherently <laughs> racist. And, uh, and so uh, Polly's on stage, and then he's, he, it's, he's already, like, into his act, and then he's like, hey, Eddie Murphy, Eddie, are you here? And then... And then I have no choice but to be like, no, he went back to the main room. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, go get him. Oh, no. Jesus. And then so I look at like another door guy and he's like, you're the OR front guy. You got to. That's your job. 
So Great. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm like not even. I'm like at the comedy store a few months at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't a hanger out at the comedy store. I didn't know any rules. Right. Nobody really knew me that well. Like I didn't know anybody yeah. at first. And I'm like, okay. So now I have the really fun pleasure of trying to find Eddie Murphy in a room of 500 black people. <laughs> so that's the first part of this. <laughs> so I find Eddie Murphy and uh, I go, hey, Mr. Murphy, uh, Polly. <laughs> Polly wants to see you. He's on stage in the original room, and he goes, "I already saw him." And then I'm like, "Yeah, I, I know you saw him, but I, he's like on stage. I think he wants to like talk to you and do like a thing with you or something." And then there's no way to say this audio, but he does the hand thing where he's the go like, away hand thing. Yeah. How do you verbalize this? Uh, shoe. Shoe. Yeah, he shush. He shoes me he with his shoe. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's wearing like a fucking bedazzled hat. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like really Eddie Murphyed out. Yeah. And then I go back to the original room where Polly's performing in front of a full audience. There's like a hundred people in the original room for some reason. And uh, I'm like, hey, he wouldn't come. Oh. And Polly's like, what do you mean he wouldn't come? I'm like, I, I, I told him you wanted to see him and, and he wouldn't come. And he goes, that's because you're a pussy. <laughs> in front of a full audience. Yeah. Did they laugh? No, it was awkward. Oh, like, because I, I, I think it, Polly felt like it made angry. him look bad. He yeah. was like summoning me to go get Eddie, and right. Eddie was like, "I ain't coming." And then I had to be like, "Polly, Eddie ain't coming, bro." Episode one thirty eight, Johnny Scores. It's not up to me anymore. And they called me like uh, a week or two after that and told me I got it. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting on a sitting on a bucket in a driveway in Northridge, and they told me that. And then my dad come home, and I'm like, hey, dad, you're not gonna believe this. He's like, listen, I know you have your things going, but I need you to go to the market and buy <laughs> this and that. I was like, uh, okay. So I literally just, you know, yeah, and then I was gone for three months. And it was unbelievable, it was crazy. What was it like working with a powerhouse like Denzel Washington, like the first, whenever you stepped on set that first day, were you like super intimidated? Yeah, yeah. Especially like when we met at first, it was the most awkward thing. Like for me, I think for anyone to be put in that situation, it's like you okay now you're gonna go fucking act in a movie with Denzel Washington. I was like okay, uh, what are we gonna do? A table read? Are we gonna do rehearsing or anything like that? And they're like yeah 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 we'll take care of it. So then I get there, and uh, like the second day I was there, they called me into the production office to meet him, and then he came in. And then he was doing all this other stuff. And then one of the ladies comes up to me and is like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to do it tomorrow. So I was sitting there just like, okay, fine. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah. So I left. And then I came back the next day. And then I met with him in the office. And I was so nervous. And uh, he said to me, he's like, if you're ever nervous about working with someone, just imagine them taking a shit. And this is Denzel Warren telling me this. I was like, <laughs> 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 he's like okay, so so, so you could you... tell he was like, oh, this guy, this guy's Yo, no, no, you couldn't pull a pin out of my ass with a tractor when I was sitting there. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So did you imagine him? I tried to, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, no, and then and then like the thing is like I'm still a little nervous, and he's like, oh, you're you're you need to loosen up. I feel like I gotta start tickling you, and I was like, what? And next thing I know, he starts tickling me. <laughs> 
and I'm like busting up laughing. And I'm like, a minute ago, you want me to pick you taking a shit, and now you're tickling me. And so then him and the writer and everybody started laughing. I was like, okay, yeah, it's cool. And then the next like, day, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, yeah exactly. And then the next day, we're friggin', I'm sitting across from him, and we're like doing a scene. I was like, that's insane. And so I just started ad libbing stuff because, like, the first day, it was like this kind of like get to meet you kind of scene. Yeah. And they were just like, oh, I just do whatever you want. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm fucking, this is Denzel Washington. I can't just do what I want. So, you know, we just did that. Like, he would just ask me a question or see what's going on. I tried to stay in the context of what the lines were, but it was such a mess. But, you know, he was really good at just. Like getting the whatever he wanted out of the scene, like out of out of me. Yeah. And you know, after a while, they're like, "Cut!" And I was like, "We didn't even do what what was on this thing." Like, no, no, it's good. I was like, "Okay." And uh, that kind of that kinda, that probably felt pretty good that that they let you kind of improvise, and you're like, "Oh, that 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 that's yeah. gonna make it." Oh, yeah, yeah. Sweet. No, they told me like it was funny because like uh, there was a couple lines that I was saying because I'm eating like I'm supposed to be upset about eating like a salad or something, and I try and sneak chips into my sandwich <laughs> in the scene, and then I eat them, and then he, like, chastises me in the thing, and I, I, I forget what I said, but, like, a couple things I said, and after the yell cut, like, every, I heard everybody, like, laughing, and I was like, yes! Okay, this is okay, good. Okay, so this, is a, this yeah. is a comedy? No, no, not at all. It's like an action thriller, but, like, I'm kind of... The comedic, comedic relief, relief a little bit? A little bit, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm, like as far as the emotion goes, you're not going to get it out of him in this movie because he's gonna you know he's like action yeah. guy like the the emotional connection characters is like me and the girl who uh chloe moretz was in kick-ass she's the other girl she's the girl in it that sets off this chain of events that uh you know denzel just kicks people's asses <laughs> was there any moment uh on set where you like left a scene where you're like Oh, Denzel thinks I'm a good actor now. <laughs> like I- anything like that, where or like was that like your goal? Like going into the senior, like I just want <laughs> to make Denzel think I'm a good actor. There was this one part where the store gets robbed. Uh, like he's trying to help me lose weight in the in the at Home Depot or a Home Mart mm-hmm. to be a security guard, and. Uh, I become the I lose weight. I become the security guard, and then the store gets robbed while I'm on lunch, and, and then I come back and I'm like all you know upset that the store got robbed, and this was like the first time the camera was like on me, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna act the shit out of this scene, you know, and I'm like, they they they, you know, they do his stuff, and then I do my stuff, and after the first take, I was like mugging for the camera, and I was just like, I'm so upset, you know, like making all these faces. And he kind of shot me this look like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, I just ruined that. So then he like walks around to the like the production guys and like the director and the producer sitting there. And he's like, just like, what is this guy trying to win an Oscar or something like that? (laughs) And I heard him say that. And I got so mad that the next time that he we did it. I shot him this look like, oh, dude, don't fucking, don't call me out in front of these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like, that's what the scene needed. And then, after they yelled cut, he looked me. He looked at me and was like, uh, you, you, like, he got me, kind of deal. Like, he, like, shot me, you know, like, a look and a wink, and I was like, 
this guy just fucking owned me. <laughs> so and it was just like, you know. So he did that to motivate your yeah. character for that scene. Yeah. He purposed. Wow. Yeah. And then after it was done, like the director was like, cut, print it. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, we got to do it again. I got to do my faces again. And I was like, no, that was it. I was like, shit. So that was awesome. Episode 84, Natalia Fetner. Could you pretend to be me for this podcast? Yes. Like, could I ask you the questions and you could answer them? Okay, cool. Um, right. So, Natalia, are, are you from America? No, I'm not. I am from <laughs> Mother Russia land. Mother Russia land? <laughs> Mother uh, Russia all land. of Russia? All of, you know, a very small part of Russia, a very small village. I moved here when I am six years old. Wow, you have a very thick accent. Yeah, I lost it over <laughs> the years of moving to the Americas. But now I live in a gayborhood. <laughs> oh, really? A gayborhood? Yes, it's a mix of Russian and gay men. <laughs> does that make you feel right at home? Uh, actually, it does. It's combining my two favorite things, <laughs> gay people and Russians. Valatai, you sound really cool. Yes, I am very attractive female. <laughs> what's, you, your, what's, your, what's the fruit you compare yourself to? I compare myself to clementines because <laughs> I am little and cute, just like cuties. <laughs> Oh my god, uh, I, I see you have an affinity for Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're starting to sound uh, like him. <laughs> I have something in my throat right now. Um, Holy oh Jesus, gosh. what's happening right oh, now? Oh, you know, oh, here's another question, Natalia. When it comes um, to porn and it comes to straight gay porn, I, it sounds like men really don't like watching other men in porn, but women don't mind. What do you have to say about that? I think that we can both agree that the female body is more interesting and beautiful to look at than the male, so that's why more people like to watch the females. Kind of sound like the cookie monster there. <laughs> You know, they don't know this, but his answers are, like, pretty right on for yeah. what I said earlier. Like, that's word for word what I said. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's a good listener. No, I'm a good listener. Good boy. I'm a good good interviewer. <laughs> but that's basically, that was probably the fastest recap that we could have done <laughs> from the other. We pulled the best of from the other podcast. Right. And now we're set. Thank yeah. God. And now they know me. Now I think we're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, thank you so much for coming by the shortest podcast. You interview me as you, the weirdest, weirdest uh -huh. podcast ever. Uh, did, uh, now Justin, uh, interned with you, uh, for a while at IO. Did he ever try to date you? I try and date a lot of people. Yeah, I guess so. Did he did he? ask me out once. Uh, yeah. What was I that like? Okay. Here's Natalia. I told him, I was like, Jeremiah, I think. I asked her out once. Do not bring that up on the podcast. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I'm definitely bringing it up on the podcast." I shouldn't have told him. I'm an I'm a huge idiot. I shouldn't have told you. Aww. I knew it was gonna come up if I told him. Here we Aww, are. It was very sweet. He's like, you know, don't I do it nice though? Like yeah, in an unassuming very sweet way. Guy. Very unassuming. Where, where you can still be my friend afterwards, and you're not like it's weird. So then I can creep back in a couple years later. <laughs> just, just come back. Just I think I was like, was I like, giving you a ride to your car or something? Or like, I can't remember. I feel like I was driving you back somewhere. God. Perfect. It was perfect time. I was like, I'm in her car. This is. He's like, you don't just I'm give a ride to a boyfriend right now. You don't Girls just give just a ride. Give you don't just give a ride to somebody. It doesn't happen. Girls aren't nice. Here's They're not polite. <laughs> They're not considerate. They would never do that. Here's my thing: is I will. I never want to be a sister. I'm like, I should have done that, and I felt it in the moment, <laughs> and that's what I do. I have no regrets. Episode 162, Allison Bosma. I had dyed my hair red, and I was almost the Wendy's girl, but I didn't get it, obviously. And then I got an audition to for Modern Family, and it was basically to play 
Julie Bowen from behind. Mm -hmm. And so my manager was like, you have to dye your hair back. And at this point, I only had it red for like two weeks. Oh, yeah. So it's so bad for your yeah, hair. Yeah, it's really to damaging. It. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. super damaging. So, But I, I got it dyed back blonde. And it was like this rat race. And I had to pay for ev all of these color <sighs> jobs. And I was so broke. Yeah. And so I did it. And I, I was like super focused on this audition and I got my friend David Sullivan to help me with it. He's an acting coach. He's great. And he like helped me with it. And I was like super prepared. And it's for Jeff Greenberg, who's who's like known to be a very tough guy to audition for. He's very intimidating. Like and I, so I was already nervous. But the audition. So you start facing whoever is reading because they're, you're supposed to look like her from behind. OK. And then Phil in the show pinches her what who he thinks is his wife's butt it's right. actually Haley's roommate yeah she whips around and you know that's when the scene starts so I go into the audition I feel great about it I start I whip myself around and I got tangled up my feet like got tangled up and I fell and I was holding the script and the my other hand was holding a chair but I fell on my chin and it, I slid it open. It was oh, no. dripping blood. I could feel the blood coming down my neck. And I just completely lost it. I just stood there. It didn't say a word. I just stared at him and was like, ah. Uh. And then I just immediately raced through the scene. Like, I, I must have been speaking a thousand words a minute. So I you was just kept, like, you, you stayed I in the scene. kept going, yeah. And you could just wow. tell he just felt so much like like sorrow for me oh like, yeah he was just looking at me like oh this poor thing and i like i left so quickly and i was like that was the worst thing ever oh no I just split my chin open and then i went right back to work i went back to babysitting and this sounds like the worst day ever. no it was horrible <laughs> yeah. and i was giving the kid a bath that night and he shit in the tub and at this point he was like <laughs> he was like Four, so it was like You're it wasn't like, you baby. Are four. <laughs> yeah. You are almost. <laughs> it wasn't child. baby poop anymore. It was like a human shit. It was like a Saint Bernard. Yes, <laughs> and like as I'm taking said shit from tub to toilet, I get a text that is from a friend who said she booked a sitcom, and I was like, "This is the worst day of my oh. life." It was so bad. So that's my Hollywood bitch slap. Episode 166, Rick Glassman. You guys are Cleveland boys. How do you guys feel about LeBron? I'm so curious. Dad, take it. You may not know this, but when Rick was a senior in high school, he guarded LeBron. Oh. They did he played. do good? Yeah, he did real well. LeBron just dunked in his face like three times. <laughs> but <laughs> but he, was, he made the ESPN Sports Center highlights. <laughs> really? You know what? I, you know, you know what's funny about my dad. Let me take this real quick. Okay. I not only did that not happen to me, and that happened to my my one of my best friends, Jeff Carp. <laughs> he he couldn't. My dad couldn't find something good that I did, so he had to find something else that someone else did that was bad, but still better than what I did. Like, well, at least he did this bad thing, but I didn't even get to do that bad thing. I just got to I just got to touch him when I boxed out for a foul shot. It was my friend that got an ESPN for getting LeBron's dick in his face. Episode 104, Tony Hinchcliffe. He was always funny from the time he was born. Oh, that's a supportive mother. That's right. From the time I was born, I came out of her <laughs> vagina like, what's the deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> Man, sure is tight in there. Hello. <laughs> Very cramped. I was just born, and boy, are my arms tired. Yeah. <laughs> 
man, the placenta is crazy. <laughs> Amniotic sack. <laughs> we just met. Man, I thought airplanes were cramped. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Good Lord. Push a little harder next time, lady. Get me out of there. <laughs> yeah, from the time I was born. I'll, I'm going to use that quote from now on. Right. <laughs> My mom said I was funny from the time I was born. <laughs> <Right>. What's <laughs> the deal with that? <laughs> um, Dude. So, so what doctor you slapped me. I slapped him back. <laughs> I said, no, you don't put your hands on me, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Quit touching my mother like that. <laughs> I'm trying to escape out of here. <laughs> Cut that umbilical cord and let me free. <laughs> or or yeah. was it? Were you totally like cool with it? Uh, or or like as you got did uh, like once he hit a certain age, were you like okay, he's old enough now, he can he can smoke marijuana, whatever? Because he you know on this podcast he's been talking pretty freely about it, which. Yeah. In front of some moms, like people you try might to get hide backslapped. That. Yeah, right. right. In front of some moms. In front of some moms. What do you think, mom? Actually, I don't know if I knew about the pot. I knew that all the cigarettes. <laughs> 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 I knew all those funny cigarettes that you hid between the window and the screen. <laughs> there was something weird about them. Funny cigarettes. That's what she called them. Funny Even cigarettes. my cigarettes were funny from the time they were born. <laughs> <laughs> this kid was a natural born killer. He blamed it on his girlfriend. He said they were hers. No, oh, yeah. And then one night, uh, then one night, she went out, which was very rare when I was uh, when I was in high school. She went out and did something. My aunt from Florida was in town. It was insanely strange for my mom to leave the house, and. Um, and I had a little bit of pot in the back of a Teddy Ruxpin. You know how they have the battery <laughs> pack in the back? And you yeah. unzip it. Well, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do for the first time ever is I'm going to get high by myself. Oh, man. Out of my bedroom window. So I had a little pop can, and I did the thing where you crush the pop can and poke holes. And I smoked all by myself. Cut to 10 minutes later. I'm having my first ever full-blown panic attack <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> It's another two hours before she even gets home from whatever she was doing. And I'm just pacing and crying and freaking out. And I confess to her that I smoked a pot. It was in the Teddy Rock stand. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was, uh, and I was only like 15 or 16 at the time. But, wow. But she's cool with it. Episode 160, John DeWalt. I remember watching uh, one of your uh, old reels. <laughs> oh no! Oh, yeah. This was a, this was around the time. This was around the time. Oh, no. This was around the time whenever I was like, "Man, who is this guy?" I kind of uh, like, and we were, we became Facebook friends and stuff. And yeah. uh, I saw that you had a uh, like a, a small part in the movie Wanted. Yeah. And I was like, "That's so cool." He's, <laughs> he's in that. He's in the same movie as Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Same what, scene. What, yeah. what was uh, <laughs> that was that was one of the earlier gigs that you booked out here, right? I did that in Chicago. That was shot in Chicago. Really? That was before I got here, yeah. Really? Uh, how did you get that? Did you have, like, a Chicago agent? Uh, I had a Chicago agent, uh, uh, which turned out not to be the best, uh, and I'll put them on blast. They're called Ambassador Talent. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I got from a mailing so that you know that they were excited so about my potential. Yeah, 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 you know. And then, um, <laughs> it's so funny, a side tangent, I... I, my wife and I went home. 
uh, recently, and we're going through the old boxes of stuff. Yeah. You, you know, you keep shit at, at your parents' house, and I found uh, my ambassador talent contract framed that that we had <laughs> kept because I was so excited. Like I got my first agent. I'm going to be the next Lonely Island. I'm on my way. Um, but what ended up happening is they're pretty much. I mean, if you need to picture it, picture uh, Joey's agent on Friends is pretty much what it was. And uh, they are like, hey, there's this role, and they want they need young guys. And so we went and met the director. And he was like on a set, like building like all the explosion shit, like effects of that movie. And he just looked at us and said, "Okay, yeah, they're good." And then so we got the role, <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, I'm in. Like this, I'm in a movie. This is gonna change everything for me." And then we get on set, and um, we just hang. I remember we were in, we were waiting for like four hours while watching out the window. There's that scene where Angelina Jolie is hanging off the Viper. Like yeah. off the hood of the car, and like hanging off and like shooting a gun and shit. <laughs> and we were watching that get shot. And like whenever Angelina would come to set, there's like four SUVs full of bodyguards for her to come from the trailer to the set. And like all these huge ethnic guys would get out and just be like her bodyguards. And then she would delicately get on the car and they'd have wires and she'd be hanging off the car. And then she's <laughs> all of a sudden this action movie star. Um, so it came time to do my scene, and I remember being like, okay, this is the big legs. This is it right here. <laughs> this is Angelina Jolie movie time. Like, I'm going to kill this. This is go time. Uh, and, of course, if you've seen it, it's like less than two seconds. It's just a whatever uh, little, I guess, cameo. But uh, Ambassador Talent told me that I would get credit on IMDb and in the end credits and get whatever the bullshit pay was. But that none of that existed. There's no end credit. There's no IMDb credit. It, even though my name was Driving Dude, number two, uh, it was essentially uh, featured extra work. And uh, there's no credit for it. It's not a real role. I, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's all horseshit. There's, I remember calling SAG when I moved out here, like, hey, can this help me at all? They're like, no, of course not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just, just fucking eating shit, just losing all the time. Now, <laughs> did part of you, like, <laughs> because the way the director was like, yeah, these guys are good. Yeah. Did part of you think in your brain, like, Oh, it's this easy for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm start booking stuff. Yeah, Left and right. If, if the director's just, like, pointing at me, like, yep, these guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that, like, this was like, oh, I'm just going to be one of those Chicago guys who does movies and then does, like, Second City <laughs> at night or whatever. But, of course, none of that happened, and it was years of failure ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the best of the building years. I'm Jeremiah Watkins. I'm Justin Alexio. Happy 2014.